The Montvale Muse, stories that connect. Welcome back to the Montvale Muse, everyone. After a lengthy hiatus, I am so excited to bring you a new episode of our Office podcast series, a series originally created with the intent of connecting us with our colleagues. And if you're anything like me, that connection is so critically important, whether it's with someone you've never met or with someone just about everyone in Montvale knows. Today's guest is Chris Salenka, a senior associate in our hospitality group who talks to me about preparing the office for re-entry, how his background set the framework for his involvement with the BRGs, and how 9-11 was the start of his career helping others as a 10-year-old. Chris, it makes me so happy to be back to record a new episode of the Montville Muse, our campus podcast series, and even happier to have a conversation with you, one of my absolute favorites at the firm. Welcome. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you for that uh, great introduction and uh, kind words. You're de- I've definitely been looking forward to be a part of this, if, if given the chance, and I'm honored to be here. You see, Chris, I mean, and if people have never met you, you need to know this about Chris, is that almost no matter when you're talking about Chris, you can hear him smiling through the phone or through, you know, or, or, or <laughs> over the virtual meeting. He's just someone who smiles a lot. He always seems happy to be where he is, and I always admired that. So, Chris, I feel like every podcast, at least that I've been involved in since last March, has started with some kind of reference to how our lives have been altered and effectively changed since COVID hit. But you have a different perspective as as your role in hospitality is basically an in-person role, and you've been involved hands-on with preparing for a return, an eventual return to the office. So can you start us off by talking about what it was like, first of all, talking about what your role is and what it was like for you last March when the workforce was sent home? So before pre-pandemic, I was an associate in conference technology for Montvale Operations. Uh, I've since been promoted, so now I'm a senior associate, but same same role, more responsibilities. But previ- previous to the COVID hit and, and, and the big shutdown, uh, we, were, we were really doing a great job, me and my team and the hospitality team, uh, you know, holding and supporting meetings for 200 people sometimes more you know over 100 uh, and and we worked together a lot on on many events from aim and lac so you know we were really we were in a good direction and and people was our job so when the pandemic hit uh and, and the shutdown started to happen it was both worrisome and a change of world and pace because working from home uh, we didn't really ever have to. There was no really reason to, uh, and it wasn't something that we really did. We we were here to to, to support people on site constantly, and uh, and I was really enjoying it, and we were doing a great job. Uh, so so when it happened, I, March sixteenth, roughly around, I, I I vaguely remember. I think it was I know the thirteenth. We all... Yeah, I think we went home. I believe it was Friday the thirteenth of all days, March thirteenth. I think was our last day. When I I remember getting up and walking out, saying like, "Let me bring a couple things home just in case we're not back for a while." Yeah. yeah, for the infamous two-week break, right? Yeah. And we were just kind of, you know, first dealing with the reaction of everything that happened uh, and then starting to look at what, what we're going to do when we realized, you know, this was going to be more than two weeks. We kind of pivoted from our large meetings in person to let, let us help you virtually. But but shortly after that, uh, if you remember, there was a, a message that came out and, and the firm was asking for help 
uh, with the PPP engagement, uh, and I, I had submitted my name, and luckily I was I was drawn in, which was actually funny because when I, I had to do a, an interview, and the brief interview it was very brief, but when I told him I'm a Chairman's Award winner, he was like, "Oh, great, we'll be calling you soon," and uh, it probably lasted five minutes, but uh, I was accepted into that that engagement, and it, it was definitely a learning experience and an awesome experience because we, we would work from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. every day. Uh, I think it was four days a week, so we had three days off, and that was a trip, just getting used to breakfast is dinner and you know uh dinner is at three in the morning kind of thing and on the positive note too besides the great experiences and the connections i made it kind of helped me through covid the worst days of covid i know that we're still in the pandemic but getting through that it kind of helped because i kind of slept through the worst of the news and the worst of the things going on and i that was one of the positive things too is it kind of got me through the hardest and most scariest parts of the pandemic that's amazing, Chris. Yeah, I mean, to, to see it through that lens, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. This definitely seemed like a culture shock moment for you. And, and speaking of that, what was it like being in the Montville office, you know, being one of the few who was in the office after everybody had vacated? Around September, August area, we, we really have facilities and, and uh, operations that are really focused on getting our KGSG colleagues out of 300 ties because the lease was ending at the beginning of 2021. So we had to come back in the office and we were now in the office around September, you know, again, August time. And, uh, you know, what, what I tell people was the most eerie thing was you'd be walking around. Now it's September. We left at March again. We said that. Uh, but now you're seeing, you know, St. Patrick's Day uh, uh, decorations and Valentine's Day decorations and even a few Christmas stragglers that were up. So you're here September and, you know, there's maybe – 10 people in this area of, you know, that could hold hundreds of people. And uh, it was all, the, the good part was that, you know, I started to get a routine back opposed to that 6 p.m., 6 a.m. thing or what everyone had to go through waking up in your office and being at your office already. Uh, at least I got that commute back, you know, wake up, put some normal clothes on, uh, go to the office, swipe my badge. Uh, and get back in to see some of my team, although we were very distant for most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, you hit it, the nail on the head with uh, like a Stephen King or kind of like an end of days, Twilight Zone type of feel. Even when I went into um, the day I was assigned to to empty out my cube, you walk in and you think, man, this this place really feels really feels huge and empty without people. Employee engagement is something that's always been important to me, and I know it's been important to you. And I think you'd probably agree that it's harder than it's ever been in our current climate, but it's also more important than it's ever been. What led to you raising your hand to be a local lead for the Hispanic Latino BRG? Uh, Wanda Griffin, I'm sure a lot of folks know, and Luis Rosado at the time, who were the co-leads for HL. Uh, and and they, they kind of said like, hey, we see that you're, you know, you're active and, and you're active in a lot of things. You bring a lot of the good to the table. You know, have you thought about being more than just a member, like a committee member. And uh, I, I said I hadn't really thought about it, but I would love to. I mean, I'm, I, I'm putting in the work. I'm trying my best to, to, to make an impact. And it was being noticed, and I get a lot of joy out of it. So I was like, sure. Earlier uh, this year, uh, Ray Caroga and Aida Flores de Leon uh, reached out to me and said, you know, we, we'd, we'd be interested in having you as the co-lead. So that was uh, I won't say a shock because I, I was doing a lot of work and I was working with them closely and I know they respected me and, and thought well uh, high of me, but it was it was just it was an honor and I, I I was very happy to take that role and since then I've only been more active in the group and, and even other groups uh, even outside of KP um, sorry outside of Montvale. 
But but that said, I think it's important to note here that you know I've led the Montville Parents Network BRG in Montville for a bunch of years now, and I've heard people say to me, "I'd like to attend one of your meetings or I'd like to help out, but I'm not a parent." Well, I don't fit there. So was there a reluctance on on your end, and if there was, what got you comfortable being a lead of Hispanic Latino BRG without being without being Latino? Well, first of all, you just made me think of something because just that 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 mindset right there, um, not to say it's wrong or right, uh, but first of all, that's putting yourself in those folks' shoes mostly because, you know, if you're talking about underrepresented folks or, or people who may not have had the a fair cut, whether in their career here or, or just in life in general, that's right there, right? Folks who are not the same go and do I belong there and should I even try? What I found is really it. First of all, going back to Luis Rosado and Wanda Griffin and, and Ray Caroga and Aida Flores de Leon, you know, those folks really pushing me and, and saying, no, we think you're right. We see that your heart's in the right place and giving me that motivation and, and affirmation that I'm, I'm doing the right thing and I, I, I am making an impact. It, it, that's really what gets me going and, and, and makes me feel like I'm part of the conversation. And additionally, it's, it's seeing the results also. You know, you see that you've made an impact, that you've you know, I remember we had we, we did our Hispanic Heritage Month uh, end end of the month celebration, and there was folk uh, a gentleman from the Middle East who was like, "Are are you like Puerto Rican?" You know, and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, no, uh, no," and he meant it totally, totally. Uh, he didn't Honestly. mean it in a derogatory way. He right. was being inquisitive, and 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 you know, just that that kind of got me too. I was like, "No, I'm actually, I'm, I'm I'm actually German," but you know, just being able to share the cultural experiences uh, of of. HL and, and AA and all these other groups, I think it, it's rewarding to me and it's near and dear to my heart because I grew up in a high school and a school system over at East Ramapo. Uh, I mean, I, I live in Chestnut Ridge. I was like, born and raised uh, within the East Ramapo school districts and um, I was the minority in, that, in, the, in those places, to be honest with you. I, I think at the time when I was in high school, it was like 15% or less of the white population was in that school. It was a very uh, diverse culture. So it's super important to me, no matter where I go, to help bring that same feeling to where I am because I know what you can get out of people when you when you make them comfortable, when you celebrate them. That that's that's where that's how I got to where I am and hopefully I can keep making an impact. Yeah, that's that's terrific, Chris. And you know, I wasn't aware of, of your backstory. Um, you know, having been raised in a diverse environment and being able to appreciate that diversity. Um, you know, certainly it sounds like it gave you a solid framework for infusing diversity into your life, uh, especially here at KPMG. So speaking of your need to help others, Chris, you're also a volunteer fireman. And when I heard that, it, it did not surprise me at all. I'm like, of course, Chris would be a, a volunteer fireman. You know, if anything, if anybody would, Chris would be that guy. So where do you think this comes from? And how do you think this plays a part in you being a uh, former chairman's award winner? So, uh, I joined at 16. I think one of the biggest influences, first of all, was 9-11 because I was 10 years old at the time, kind of understanding, kind of not, watching all those heroes on TV, having friends who had firemen fathers and police fathers. And I remember even at the time, like kind of like crying and 
arguing with my mother, a 10-year-old, mind you, you know, uh, saying, you got to let us go down there. My brother at the time, Jason, was getting into the firehouse near me. So I, I thought, like, he has experience. Let's get down there, which in hindsight, as a 10-year-old, I probably wouldn't even have made it to this point, uh, the way those folks have gotten sick and the dangerous environment it was at, in the beginning. But uh, thankfully, my mom had, you know, more brains than I did. But but I try not to see myself as like a hero because uh, cause there's a lot of guys doing a lot more for a lot less. And, 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 and I know there's a gray area there, but um, I think it really just helped me show you got to be a com- community again. Community is so big. You know, there's, there's all these guys with, and women who, who have families and sons and, and daughters and, and, and responsibilities elsewhere. Three jobs, four jobs, uh, going to college, whatever it may be. For me, I was leaving high school at times uh, to go help people we don't know uh, on a whim. You know, and I, I just it felt like the right place. And, and just just helping people, you know, even directing traffic sometimes in a, in a bad situation is like it's fulfilling to me to, to help people and be a voice of reason and and try to be there when, when the things are tough. And when it came to the chairman's award, you know, I think I got nominated because uh, I really just said yes to everything I could. You know, I know that when people come into a meeting, you know, in the Montville room with the exchange and there's hundreds of people coming and you got partners flying in and there's an external vendor and there's a catering order and there's so much that goes into it, not to mention, you know, their content that they created, the the schedule and the communications. They have done so much. They also have other day jobs that they're doing. So I know that, that no matter what hiccup might come up, it's going to be really stressful to them. But I know my expertise is to get that stuff to go, get it to work in, you know, do my diligence before the meeting and do my diligence after and during. Um, so I know if I keep a positive feeling, if I keep the, 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 the mood calm and, and collect and know that we do have plan B, C, D, and E, uh, I keep it all in my mind and I have a guy I could always call, uh, you know, just keep people calm, keep a smile. I know it brings them down so much. I mean, I've seen people freak out for the littlest things, but if you just keep calm and, and, and have a smile on your face and, and sincerely let the person know and kindly, you know, not give it back, not give that anger, not give that, um, you know, disconcern or, or um, uncertainty. If you, if you bring that back, the assurance that it's going to be okay, I'm going to do everything I can to help you, and we have the resources and the people to do it, uh, that's, I, that's really why I think I won the award. It's still a trip because when I first came in and heard that, about this award it was a a goal of mine to get that award because it's one of the biggest honors in the company internally that you can get and i i when i knew about it when i first learned about it i I joined you know i think 2014 so i didn't really hear about it till about you know town hall time that year and i was like i need that award i'm gonna get that award and i did everything i could to to do it and and i'm and and for the record ever since i heard the first episode of the muse I knew I wanted to be on this, so I am so equally proud and, and, and honored to be here with you today, Joe. So thank you. Well, Chris, I appreciate you propping the muse up on equal footing as the chairman's award. Not that it's really true, but if you're in your <laughs> mind, if we want to believe right now that this is on equal footing as the chairman's award, then that's great. That makes me feel terrific. And, and it sounds like this all, I, you sound kind of like you were kind of born this way, that, that you just have kind of this altruistic heart. I mean, when I think of a 10-year-old finding out what happened on 9-11 and then saying, mom, I got to go help. I got a 10 year old upstairs who would just be worried about what video game he's going to play next. You know, I love my son, but I mean, I don't know that that that, that's a unicorn type situation to have a 10 year old kid who, who just is arguing with his mother that he wants to go help because that's just what he feels within himself. So that that's really speaks a lot about who you are today. And again, 
doesn't really surprise me at all that you're, you're definitely the, you're definitely, if there was a 10 year old who would have wanted to go down and help 9-11, it's you. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that means a lot. Thank you. Now let's take a minute to hear from someone who has more insight into Chris's background than just about anyone, his father, John, who explains the type of kid Chris was growing up and the type of impact he's had on others from the beginning. Hi, I'm John Zelenka, Chris Zelenka's father. Uh, when trying to recall specific situations that best reflect Chris's generous nature, it leads me to consider Chris's nurture. He's been fortunate to be surrounded by uh, generous, loving people, including his grandmother, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, and a diverse extended family. I know it sounds old-fashioned, but having strong family ties and positive reinforcement goes a long way, especially if it's in your nature to be that way. From his eagerness to help after the attacks on 9-11, his motivation has always been uh, to help when he can. We're all proud of his kindness and ability and his determination to see things through. Chris was always helpful even in any of my business enterprises. We had a situation where we were doing a uh, surprise event and we had a bunch of props that were supposed to be filled up. Uh, they were inflatable flying saucers, 150 of them. Unfortunately, the person who was supposed to bring the uh, the, the tank to fill those uh, failed in their duty. So Chris came to the uh, came to the rescue and helped organize us in, into blowing up 150 and continued promoting us and pushing us. We still have a video of that somewhere, by the way, creating this amoeba-like pile of. Uh, flying sources that make noise and lights but that was chris's nature you know he loved to come along with me on on jobs and at the same time uh, he would always participate even at like he was nine years old at that point it was great he you know he, he got the crowd motivated to get those things done to quote shakespeare he is as full of valor as of kindness princely in both so chris it's been a while since i've been able to say this but the pace is about to pick up here on the montvale muse it's time for our lightning round Seven questions with five seconds to answer each one. But as always, the first unofficial question is, are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, let's go. Name a song that gets you pumped up. Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Nice pick. If you could teleport to anywhere in the world and stay for a week, where would it be? Hawley, Pennsylvania, because that's where I have my annual... uh, family reunion with 50 to 70 family members for the last 30 years and it's just my second home i love it i've never heard of the city before and i don't know that anybody would answer that way other than you but i love your reasoning that's terrific oh it it's a nothing town and in the poconos you wouldn't even go there but it's a great place what do you miss most about the pre-covid world more hugs and handshakes you know we're starting to hug again and handshake again uh, in in appropriate situations but I'm a hugger. I miss hugs. What do you miss least about the pre-COVID world? People forgetting to wash their hands. I think it's etched in our heads now. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a great answer. What's your favorite memory so far from your time at KPMG? That's a tough one, but I would probably say the Chairman's Award. Um, That was awesome. So which colleague or colleagues uh, is, is most likely to listen to this episode? Definitely the A-Team, which is our nickname uh, for, for our team over here in hospitality, the conferencing team. So Nick Tosesky, Stephen Walters, Caitlin Miller, and Megan Rizzo are certainly going to listen. And they'll probably bust my chops for something. Uh, I hope they do, too. I hope they're listening right now. If, if you could offer advice to your younger self, what would it be? Don't be afraid. 
people will love you if you're the best version of you. Don't be afraid. I love it, Chris. And and Chris, it's been really wonderful catching up here today. I want to thank you for being such a terrific guest. I look forward to the day, hopefully soon, that we can see each other in person again. Thanks for being on The Muse. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Montvale Muse. And be sure to subscribe to this series to be notified of new episodes. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions or comments about this series at jdeprospero at kpmg.com. We'll see you next time.